Okay, let me encourage you to open God's Word at Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33 is the passage we're going to unpack this morning. This is our second Sunday in this passage. Uh, We're going to be in this passage a number of Sundays. Here's the title. The words are going to come up on the screen. Getting out of the boat, taking that first step. Getting out of the boat, taking that first step. The Bible records for you and for me a number of unforgettable walks. I find it so humbling that again and again in the pages of Scripture, the Lord invites believers to come and walk with Him. Let me describe very briefly by way of introduction some of those unforgettable walks. There was a very difficult walk that Abraham made with his son Isaac up the side of the mountain called Moriah as they went to the place of sacrifice in Genesis chapter 22. Then there's Joshua chapter 6. There was that triumphant walk as Joshua and with the Israelite army. Do you remember how they walked around the walls of Jericho? One day for the first six days of the week. And on the seventh day, they walked round the walls of Jericho seven times. And after they blowed the trumpets and after they made a great shout, you know what happened. God supernaturally knocked down, tumbled the walls of Jericho. Then if you go to Acts chapter 9, you meet a guy who hated Christians called Saul. In fact, he was traveling down a road to Damascus. He was a man in a mission. He was going to sort these Christians out once and for all. And you know what happened on that road? He met Jesus. He met the Son of God. And he was changed and converted forever. And I suppose we could say this morning, the most significant road was the road that's recorded for us in Matthew chapter 27, where you find Jesus, the Son of God, taking the road to where? The road to Jerusalem and the road to the place of the skull outside Jerusalem to die for sinners, to die for me, to die for you. And I want to say this morning, I find it so humbling. I find it thrilling that the God of glory, the God of heaven, through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus, he graciously and longs and says to people, listen, will you walk with me through life? I want to ask you today, Would you describe yourself today as someone who is walking with God? Are you walking with God this morning? Do you remember in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve, they used to walk with God in the Garden of Eden at the cool of the day. But when they sinned, when they messed up, And God came searching for them. Remember what they did? They hid. They pulled back because sin had separated them from God. But Jesus came. And Jesus came to make it possible through his death on the cross, through his powerful resurrection, for you and I to walk with God. I ask again the question, 
If I was to ask you this morning about your condition spiritually, some people might say, yes, I'm a Christian. Some people might say, yes, I'm resting on Jesus for salvation. And that's wonderful. But are you walking with God? One of the Puritans was a man called Richard Sibbs. So look at this quotation from Richard Sibbs. He said, my God and I are good company. Isn't that rich? My God and I are good company. Are you good company with God? Do you delight in God's company? Does God delight in your company? Believer, get out of the boat. Take that first step and learn the thrill. Learn the adventure of walking with God. I said this morning we're going back into Matthew chapter 14. And I suppose basically in Matthew 14, Peter goes for the walk of his life. Let me remind you again of the context. We thought about this last week. It's a storm in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. It's the fourth watch of the night. So it's about three o'clock in the morning. And Peter does something when he sees this figure out on the water. He's initially petrified. And then he discovers it's Jesus. And he says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you in the water. And remember what he does. He gets out of the boat. And he supernaturally, with God's strength, walks on the water to Jesus. I was thinking more about this this week. I wonder, the text doesn't say it, but I just wonder, knowing the other 11 disciples, did they say, what was their reaction as Peter went to the side of the boat and threw himself over the side and was lowering himself down and resting on his bottom on the side of the boat? Did they say, Peter, hold on, Peter, you're going to sink. Did they say, Peter, come on, you're crazy. Peter, what are you doing? You're always doing crazy stuff. Like that. Peter, get back in the boat. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked in the water, and came towards Jesus. When I meet Peter in heaven, one of my questions is going to be this question Peter, what was it like? What was it like that day, that evening, that night rather? When you walked on the water. I mean, get this, folks. This happened. He put his right foot on the waves and the waves became solid. He put his left foot on the sea and the sea became solid. He he felt the wind because remember this was a storm. He felt the wind in his face. What was going through his mind? I reckon he was thinking to himself, they thought I couldn't do it. I reckon he was thinking to himself, what on earth is going to happen next? And I said this last time, but I'm more and more convinced every time I read this passage, I'm convinced Jesus smiled from ear to ear and he was thrilled. And you know why Jesus was thrilled? One of his disciples, just one, believed in him enough to get out of the boat and walk in the water to where Jesus was. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. Do you know there's a truth here? 
And it's central to verse 29. And here it is. It'll come up on the screen. Here is what I believe is happening. And what the Lord is wanting to say to us this morning. This passage teaches us that getting out of the boat was Peter's act of obedience to Jesus. And the experience of walking on the water was Jesus' gift to Peter. I've thought about that. I've prayed about that. I think that's what's happening. Getting out of the boat was Peter's act of obedience to Jesus. The experience of walking on the water was Jesus' gift to Peter. There's a spiritual principle behind all this. And we're going to see this, not just in this passage, but in other passages. Look at point A. It'll come up there on the screen. It's what I'm calling the first step principle. The first step principle. Now, let me back up on this passage a wee moment. If you have your Bible open, go back to verse 25 to get the flow of it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you in the water. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. You know, when believers say, I'm going to step out on the promises of God, and when I'm going to step out on God's word, what are we doing? We are giving God our obedience. And in return, don't miss this. This is key to this passage. In return, God gives us the gift of doing something that we cannot do in and of ourselves, but we can do through his grace and through his strength. But for the believer, firstly, we must take that step of obedience. John 14, verse 15, Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. But no, notice that it's not just here. This is not just a one-off in Matthew 14 that we discover the first step principle. Let me show you some other times this principle pops up in the Scriptures. In Joshua chapter 3, the Israelites were coming to the Jordan River. There was water involved again. And God promises to make a way through. But I want you to notice what happens in Joshua 3. God asked the Israelites to take the step first, a step of obedience. Notice this, Joshua 3, 13. As soon as the priests set foot in the Jordan, its waters stopped flowing downstream. They were cut off and they stood in a heap. God was saying to the Israelites, listen, step out and obey me. Trust me enough to obey me and then watch what I will do as a gift for you. Or if you want to see the same principle again, we find it where? We find it in 2 Kings chapter 5. Do you remember Nahum the leper? He had to take that first step. He had to go and he had to wash in the Jordan seven times. And then, then he was set free, cured from his leprosy. 
Or if you go to the verses just before this in Matthew chapter 14, what has Jesus been doing just before Peter walked on the water? Jesus has been feeding the 5,000. And again, the principle is there. The fish and the bread, they had to be handed over. And once that little boy obeyed and handed them over, then God stepped in. Here's a powerful question I want you to search your soul with this morning. Believer, ask yourself this question. It is uncomfortable. Listen to it. What am I doing in my Christian life that I could not do apart from the power and reality of God? What am I doing in my Christian life that I could not do apart from the power and the reality of God? What is Kilkenny Presbyterian Church doing that we could not do apart from the power and the reality of God? You know, there are some of us here And right now we are facing such huge challenges, challenges that are bigger than us. And we have no hope of getting through apart from the power and the reality of God. If we were to pose that question to Peter, if we were to turn to Peter and say, Peter, what are you doing that you could not do apart from the power and the reality of God? You know the answer. He would say, I'm getting out of the boat. I'm walking on the water. Believer, what challenge are you facing right now? It's bigger than you. It's scary. It's uncertain. But trust the Lord and step out for God. And if you're sitting here and you're saying, well, hang on, you know, my Christian life's okay. I'm fine. I'm saved. I'm in, getting along just fine. Well, if that's you, I reckon you're still in the boat. You're still in the boat called pretense. You're still in the boat called stagnation. You're still in the boat called fear. Come, Jesus said to Peter. And Peter walked on the water towards Jesus. There's the first step principle. Here's the second thing, point B. It will come up on the screen. One of the reasons why God asks believers to take that first step is to grow our faith. I said this before and I need to say it again. Isn't it true? If I was to go around this congregation and ask every Christian, at what time, do a graph in your life of the times you have grown most in your Christian life. The times you have grown most, the times I have grown most, were not the days when the sun was shining. Isn't that right? It was the days when the doctor told us stuff we did not want to hear. It was the days when things went pear-shaped at work. It was the days when relationships were tough. And it was those days, what did God do? He got us out of our boats. He gave us that spiritual nudge that we needed. And during those days, we grew spiritually the way maybe we never grew at any other time in our lives. A Christian author called Wilbur Rees describes the faith of many people who want to stay in the boat. Listen to what he says. I would like three pounds worth of God, please. Not enough to explode my soul or disturb my sleep, but just enough to equal a cup of warm milk or a snooze in the sun. 
I don't want enough to make me feel uncomfortable. I don't want enough to make me want to invite people to church. I want the warmth of the womb. I want a pound of the eternal in a paper bag. Therefore, I would like three pounds worth of God, please. Some people who are Christians are saved and stuck. Are you saved and stuck in the boat? And if that's you, my mission, my heartbeat is, please step out for God. Step out for God. Your faith will grow. If you want your faith to grow, step out for God. I don't know where God is challenging you to step out for him. But let me give you three scenarios. Here's the first one. Sometimes I meet Christians and they have never prayed in public. And they are scared stiff about praying in a public gathering to pray. When believers meet together to seek God's face, there are Christians and they're scared stiff of praying in public. Step out of the boat and pray in public. And it will be scary the first time, just the way it was scary for Peter to get to the side of the boat. But step out. Join us on Wednesday night and step out and just cry out to God. It doesn't have to be a long prayer, just maybe the verse of a hymn or even write it out and just read it. But step out of the boat and you'll grow a little bit more. I meet other believers and they say, oh, Jonathan, you know, I don't have a spiritual gift. That's nonsense. Every Christian has at least one spiritual gift. At least one. And think what would happen in Kilkenny Presbyterian Church if every believer was using their spiritual gift. Think of the potential of the body of Christ when believers discover and use their spiritual gift. And I know right now, I've talked to people and they say, well, I tried that before and it failed miserably. It went pear-shaped, so I'm not going to do that again. I cringe at the very first sermon I ever preached. I still got the notes of it somewhere. And I thought that congregation was so, so, so merciful. Folks, just because we got it wrong doesn't mean it's not our gift God grows us sometimes, even through our failures, even through our mistakes. Or think about witnessing to somebody. Maybe there's somebody at your workplace and they're not a Christian and and they know there's something different about you. Why not pray for the opportunity tomorrow to step out of your boat? This is a dangerous prayer because God usually answers a prayer like this. To step out of your boat and just share a little bit when they're talking about, well, what were you up to at the weekend? And I know it's not the coolest thing in the world to say, well, actually, I went to church. But tell them why you went to church. You want to meet with God whom you love. You want to hear from the God of heaven. And you know, as you pray for an opportunity like that, you know what? God will give you an opportunity. And that will be another opportunity to stretch your faith, grow your faith a little bit more. Look what J.C. Ryle said. Look at this quotation. Faith allows us to confidently walk with God into a future filled with joy that can be an extraordinary and amazing adventure. Amen. Isn't that lovely? An extraordinary and amazing adventure. I want to say it's been a long time since I've met a Christian and say, well, how's your Christian life going? 
I haven't heard those words for a long time. It's an extraordinary and amazing adventure. And it is. It is. So where is God calling you to step out? Let me give you something further to discern the answer to that question. Look at point number two this morning. Some indicators that help you to know where God is calling us to step out of the boat. You know, in in certain areas of life, health and safety is very, very important. You maybe drive a car like me. I drive a Volkswagen. And in Volkswagens, when things go wrong, there are all manner of wee warning lights that come up on the dashboard. Sometimes my dashboard looks like a Christmas tree. There's so many wee warning lights that have come on and you have to get things sorted out. But those warning lights are not there just because Mr. Volkswagen decided to put them there because it was a nice idea. They're there for our good to do something about them. I want to show you three indicators or three warning lights, I should have called them, that show us where we need to step out. Here's the first one, the indicator of fear. The indicator of fear. You know, isn't it true where there's an indicator of fear, where that warning light is flashing in your Christian life? That's an opportunity to step out. That's an opportunity to believe God. That's an opportunity to step out and do something for God. Risk speaking to a family member that doesn't know Jesus about Jesus. And you're saying, well, I've done it before and it didn't work out. Risk doing it again. Acts 1 verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let's be unashamedly unashamed of Jesus. I say that again. Let's be unashamedly unashamed of Jesus. And if the warning light of fear is flashing, God is saying, and it sounds strange, God is saying, listen, here's an area where I want to deal with that fear and encourage you to step out. Here's another warning light. The indicator of compassion the indicator of compassion. If you go back to the Matthew 14 passage, if you look at verse 14, it describes Christ's heart of compassion just before he fed the 5,000. Matthew 14, verse 14. When Jesus landed and saw the large crowds, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Where the indicator or the flashing light of compassion is flashing. That's another area where God is saying, this is the green light. It's not a red light. This is the green light. This is an area where you need to step out for me. I'm always moved when I read Matthew 23, verse 37, of Jesus' heart of compassion for Jerusalem. Listen to what he says. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those who were sent to you, how often I long to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Does the Lord cry out, O come, Kilkenny, Kilkenny, you who killed the prophets and stoned those who were sent to you, how often I long to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Believer, where do you seriously need to get out of the boat and take a compassionate risk 
Where's the green light flashing this time? To step out for God. There's the green light of fear. And it sounds strange. The green light of compassion. Here's the third green light. The indicator of prayer. It strikes me from the Bible that those who walk on the water, they are always intense prayers. Let me say that again. Those who walk on the water, they are always intense prayers because they realize, Lord, I need you. Lord, I'm not going to get through this thing by myself. Lord, unless you help me, unless you strengthen me, I'm going to feel miserably. Do you remember John 15 verse 6 where the Lord says, Without me you can do nothing. Taking that first step. I'm applying this passage specifically to those of us who profess to be Christians. We need to get out of our boats. Remember, getting out of the boat is your act of obedience to Jesus, and we want to obey him. And the experience of walking on the water is his gift. His gift, his grace gift to those who step out for him. George Muller was a man of remarkable faith and trust in the Lord. Read some of his uh, life stories sometime. Read it on the internet or buy a, a good book about his life and it will bless you. And God prompted George Muller to open orphanages in Bristol in the south of England. And he told George Muller not to tell anybody apart from himself, apart from God, about the material needs of that orphanage. And time and time again, we might say in extraordinary ways, God stepped in. God stepped in and provided for the orphans that George Muller looked after. But you know, George Muller had on his desk a text. Not many people know this part of George Muller's story. And the text read from Hebrews 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But Muller didn't have the whole of the text sitting on his desk. He just did the two words, and today. And one day, a curious friend was sitting on the other side of the desk, looked at the text, Jesus Christ is the same, yesterday, today, and forever. And they asked him, why do you have just the two words, and today, on the little text? And George Muller replied like this. He says, I don't have any problems believing Jesus Christ was the same yesterday. I don't have any problems believing Jesus Christ is the same tomorrow. My problem is always and today. I want to say on the authority of Scripture that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. The challenge is, will we step out of the boat and trust Jesus who is the same today? I don't know what he's challenging you to do. I have a fair idea in my own life some of the things he's challenging me to do. And I know it's scary. But I know it's the way that will grow. This is a significant point, I believe, 
in the life of Kilkenny Presbyterian Church. Liz and I are just so privileged to be among you guys. We love you so much, and we feel God wants to do a new thing in our midst. But don't miss it. Don't stay in the boat. Step out for God and see how God will grow your faith and stretch your faith as you get out of the boat for him. But as I close this morning, I want to speak very, very quickly to those that aren't Christians. And I want to say to you this morning, what's life really all about? Some people will say, it's all about payday. It's all about the weekend. It's all about eat, drink, and be merry. We talked to the kids about a man who had that philosophy, eat, drink, and be merry, this very night. Your soul will be demanded of you. If you're not a Christian, you desperately need Jesus. You desperately need Jesus. There is one Savior and only one Savior, Jesus, the Son of God. And let me tell you what he did for you. People often say to me who are skeptical or who maintain their atheists, well, what has God done for me? What an opening. Wow. What has God done for you? Look at the cross. That's what God has done for you. Look at Jesus. That's what God has done for you. And 2,000 years ago, the God-man Jesus hung on a cross at a place called Calvary. And every single sin that I would ever commit past, present, and future, was heaped on him. And the moment I trusted him as my Savior, do you know what happened? I got all of his goodness, and he got all of my sin. A pretty raw deal for Jesus, but a magnificent deal for those that trust him. I want to say to you, and I say this in love, if you're not a Christian, you're a fool. You're a fool to live one more day, one more day without Jesus. Open your heart to him and trust him this morning. And for those that are Christians, come on, let's step out of the boat because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever.